and we are on. Welcome back to another podcast from Nobody Cares About Dad. This week, as ever, joined by my co-host, ADT. Big dog. <laughs> I'm good, mate. Or, How are you? Or Addy T, as our American cousins like hey. to call you. <laughs> yeah, Addy, AD. As long as it's not like Andy or Eddie, I'm good. How are you, mate? You good? Yeah, mate. I'm good. I'm really good. How are you? Oh, do you know what? I'm, I'm not even going to lie. I'm knackered. Oh, really? Like, I'm genuinely. And, and I've done nothing. <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> I've done absolutely nothing. Oh, okay. he's gone. Um, let's see if we can get justice on for a third time. <laughs> All right. Justin, there he is. How are you? How's it going? Yeah, I'm not sure exactly what was going on. It was fighting with me for a while. <laughs> I, I caught yeah. what you guys were saying about the dad bod. Uh, <laughs> a little bit <laughs> of that. We were just we were just talking over here. Of there's a, there's a new pro. You, you do have a similar series. You do have the same series over in America. I don't know if you watch it though. Justice Love Island. Yes, yes. I don't yeah. watch it, but I guess up. Yes, yes. Yeah. So Ad was just saying about how much of a big fan of Love Island he is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'd rather cut my grass with a pair of scissors. Yeah, yeah. Th- those shows are for. So when I was younger. There were shows like that I could kind of watch as a as a little bit older gentleman. It doesn't, especially when you have a family. It doesn't fit mentally at all. <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent. We were watching it last night. You know, my, my wife was watching it, and I was my arm was round the back. You know, making me watch it. Yeah, your wife and, was in bed, and you was watching it, mate. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. You fight that much? It don't seem like you fought that hard tonight. Yeah, hold me back. Hold me back. <laughs> No, I uh, and I was saying, I said, I said to her, I said, what, what would you, what, you know, what would you think if you were watching TV one Monday night and you see me just rock on the telly <laughs> on Love Island, just not tell her. <laughs> <laughs> Where were you going for all that time? You'll see. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just been out to get some milk, babe. I'll see you in a bit. Yeah. <laughs> Six weeks later. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's nuts! It's nuts. Um, but yeah, look, Justice. Actually, so I, I don't, I don't actually know whereabouts in the states you are, Justice. Whereabouts are you? Um, I am based out of uh, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Oh, okay, fab. So I was, I was really intrigued by your story actually because I, I watched a few of your podcasts, and I'll link to your, I'll link to your uh, podcast uh, on in the show. It's a Justice and Justice Justice and Faith show on uh, YouTube and um, on podcasts. So I'll, I'll do a put a link to that. And I've watched a couple of your episodes. And I, you know, I was really intrigued because uh, AD, you'll probably back me up on this because you've probably never seen this before. But so a lot of people get married once. <laughs> Not so many people get married twice, but barely anybody gets married to the same woman twice. <laughs> 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 so yeah, I'd love, to, I'd love to explore that. Uh, I'd love to explore that with you, Justice. Well, uh, essentially what happens, it's so funny because we actually just recorded two uh, last night. Um, and I always tell her, and I try to say it in such a loving manner, It the first time it was my choice. The second time it was divine intervention um, because so many things had to happen. So we had an ideal. So one of the reasons why your podcast kind of jumped out to me um, is that a lot of times we have this idea in our head about what things should look like. What being a good father, husband, sure. man, what those things look like. So when we got married the first time, I changed completely to kind of fit her because I looked at her as a better person than I was. 
And I thought that in turn, she would change and do things. She didn't. She kind of stayed where she was, which was good, which was was which was OK. But I thought it should be better. Um, sure. So long story short, there are some internal emotional things with me that I could not reconcile with. And, and I'm the one who pushed for divorce. Uh, two, three years later, we kind of reconnected. Um, and she was with a guy who had broken up with her. I had broken up with a girl that I was with at the same time. And I happened to say, you know, I never not loved you. And she said, oh, I thought you divorced me because you didn't love me. I said, no, it wasn't because of that. She said, oh, well, then I'm going to get you back. And she did. <laughs> <laughs> That's a strong-willed woman. Yeah. She, she's a strong-willed woman. And, and I couldn't say that I, I'm blessed because of it, because she she compensates the things that I lack. So well, I'm a very serious. My background is, is fairly dark. Hers isn't. She, you know, so we, we balance each other out where I kind of encourage her to be the best version of herself when she kind of encourages me to take time to just slow down and be okay that I'm that I'm that I'm pretty awesome and it's okay to take a day off. It's okay to take a break. And it's definitely something we as men um definitely need. We need someone around people around us to say, hey, you're doing a great job. You can yeah. take the foot off the gas a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And that's because we don't get that. We don't no. <clears throat> you never get told your you never get told you're doing a good job as a as a husband, as a as a partner, as a boyfriend, or as a dad. You never yeah. get told they expect, by people. They expect you as a husband just to do certain things. As a dad, you almost never. We just passed Father's Day. Uh, the, one of the podcasts we just did talked about women who claim to be fathers too. So they even try yeah. to take that where they're like, "I'm mom and dad," and I'm like, "Well, that's not fair." Like I have my daughter from a previous relationship. I have my daughter all the time. Yeah. I'm not a weekend father. I'm not a, you know, I've had her for the last, for 10 years. So um, I know that that's not standard, but I also know guys who fight to see their children. There's women who are vindictive that keep on what the court systems are not set up for men. Um, yeah. men. Welfare, men, I've not seen a man get on welfare, government assistance. There's so many different things. If you're a single dad, you're truly a single dad. Um, mm -hmm. If you're uh, even in a relationship, I'm not sure if you caught this podcast, they'll say, can you watch the kids? Like they're my kids too. Yeah. <laughs> like just say you're going somewhere and I'm here with the kids. It's like keep like can I babysit my own children? Yeah. So yeah, yeah so no. we don't we don't get the same kind of respect and, and I'm glad people are bringing light to it and talking about it. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And uh, you know, it's that's that's what it was about. It was uh, the 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 whole reason we started. It was just to shine a light on the parental journey, but from a side that you rarely hear. And that's, you know, the father's side. And, you know, that, and, and again, we say this a lot, it's not to denigrate the role of mothers in the, oh. in the, in the parental journey, you know, they're just, but it's to say that we're just as important, you know, we're equally as important in the relationship. Yeah, um, what do they say? They say it takes, takes two to tango. Okay. So yeah. it takes a village to raise a child. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's the thing is, it is that, it's that whole aspect of, you know, we we don't really have the uh, the avenues to turn to and the support circles as such, and that's why sort of Marco started this. And you know, it's taken off because more and more people are starting to go, "Well, oh, hang on, yeah, I, I'm allowed to feel that way, and I deserve a bit more. I deserve some recognition. I deserve this." Yeah. And that's it's, it's, it's not it's, it's little things, is it? And I think it's the it's the for dads, it's almost like you know the microaggressions that that we we get. So, like for example, one of the guys I had on talked about 
when he goes to nursery and I experienced this taking my son to nursery is that, you know, he would take his daughter to nursery with his mum, and he'll ask a question and then the nursery will answer the question to the mother. And he's like, no, no, no. I asked you the question. Yeah. Yeah. I asked you the question. (laughs) Tell me the answer. Right. (laughs) Yeah. So it's just little bits. Do you know what? With the nursery thing, just the other day, I sent, I I actually sent them an email to ask some questions. Um, the only response I got was the bill. <laughs> I just got the bill and I was like, hang on a minute. <laughs> like yeah. holding that ransom, like answer my questions, then I will pay. <laughs> yeah. 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 It is that. It's, like you said, it's that. And, and do you know what? The, there are some deadbeat dads. There's a lot of dads that are no good and they deserve the criticism that they get. But on the flip side of that, there are a lot of good, a lot of really good dads. And do you know what? I think it's changed now, you know, you know, speaking to guys on down here, like we do. And, you know, you think of just as you'll probably see this in your own parents, but you think of parents in the seventies and eighties, dad, sorry, from the seventies and eighties compared to what dads are like now. I feel like we're more, we're more emotionally vulnerable we're more engaged, we're, we're more involved, and that can only be a good thing, um, but it's definitely, it's changing. Now, I will say something about that. So it's so funny you brought up the 70s, the 80s, um, even further back. So the, the, the role of the man was to go out and work and provide the woman. A lot of times she stayed home, she reared the children. And you look at the 90s, the 2000s, the 2010s, you see that kind of reverse a little bit where women are gaining more traction out in the professional world there's a lot of men staying home more or at least being in a situation where they're home more often. One of the most important things for me is being home a lot. And I'll put myself professionally in a place where I get to spend a lot of time with my family. Um, at, and so I can be emotionally available and involved. Um, but these, these roles that have slowly been kind of transversing around each other, it creates sort of a conflict because a lot of women are getting this masculine energy and yeah. even still, so the dads who are like, yo, you know, I actually want to be a part of my children's life more than just, hey, you know, I'm coming in to read you a bedtime story. Um, yeah. I'm going to teach you about a sport and uh, I'll protect you from a bully. We're, we're, we're really trying to talk to our children and we're trying to hear them and we're trying to talk to our, our significant others and we're trying to hear them and we're trying to be more involved and more well-rounded than what we may have come from or what we've observed because it really does make you a better father. I believe when you're more involved in the day-to-day comings and goings, like you want to know like, hey, my daughter has a recital, my son has a soccer game, but at the same time, how was your day in school? Are you struggling with it? Do you need to talk? And being vulnerable, um, yeah. I cried in front of my daughter on purpose, dealing with a very serious issue for me, because it was shocking to, for her. Because you know we're like superheroes to our kids a lot yeah. of the time. So I made sure she understood, like, hey, you know, daddy's a machine. Most of the time, I do what I have to do, but I hurt too. I have emotions too. And once she saw that, she she understood it. And ever since, she was like, are you okay today, dad? Are you? And it transfers to how she is into the world and back. And so it's like. Being able to do that, it makes our children better because no longer are they looking at, well, dad doesn't care. This doesn't matter to dad. Dad doesn't want to know. We do yeah. want to know. We do want to be involved. We do care. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. 100% agree. And it's, it's like the, whole, the, whole, the whole calling of nobody cares about dad. You know, it's, it's yeah. a little tongue-in-cheek, obviously. But, it, it, you know, it, I've told the story a lot of times. So I won't go into it in too depth on this. But, like, you know, it was... I was looking at a scenario 
where mum and dad would be was just treated so differently and I, I, the words that popped in my head watching it were, oh, nobody cares about dad. Like, nobody cares about what he feels like. And um, it just got me thinking to, well, you know, you think of the div- divorce rates and how often men leave the marital home. Uh, and sorry, one second. I'm just on the wrong internet. I just noticed my time's out of sync. It's because I'm on the wrong internet. <laughs> Modern day problems. Yes. <laughs> you know. That's the cheesiest freeze frame ever, isn't it? I love it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a screenshot there. I'm going to just take a picture of that. There we go. <laughs> that, that should open up every show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just that. But I think, yeah, where Mark is going, it's definitely, you say like the roles of my, my son, so he's four years old. Mm-hmm. And um, I took him to, he's just started doing martial arts. So I took him to jujitsu the other week. And he had his old uh, outfit, his his suit on, and it actually made me quite, you know, quite emotional. Like he could see, and he was like, because he calls me Pappy. He was like, Pappy, what's wrong? I just said, No, I'm really like, it's happy. I said, I love it. I said, That's make me so proud. And he was so confused at the fact that I was upset. <laughs> and he's four, and you're thinking, Yeah, because like you said, you have to, or you seem to be and want to be just this constant machine. Yeah. This autopilot machine of no emotion, um, but that's where we're trying to we're trying to get rid of that stigma and you know the whole bravado of everything about being a man. Like we, we do have the feelings and we are allowed to be upset and show them. There's nothing wrong with, like you say, having a cry. It's acceptable. You you have to. Otherwise, you know, it can lead to other issues. It's good for your health. It is great for your health. Um, actually, people don't understand. I did a thing where I was talking about the suicide rates in men. Um, I was talking about the suicide rates in men, and I actually told my wife something. I said, "Do you understand?" Um, sitcom. So I'm in America. I'm not sure exactly how many of these things kind of go over the pond, but um, I'm pretty sure you guys have sitcoms too, where they depict the father. Um, on sitcoms and dramas, a lot of times the dad comes home, he grabs a beer. Yeah. He grabs a beer, he grabs a drink. His vices typically revolve around maybe women, gambling, and drinking. Yeah. And when you think about it, a lot of men who suffered a lot of AA meetings are men. A lot of um, you know, you know, sex anonymous. Um, there's a little bit of both, but when there's men there, there's very specific reasons that they're there. And you go, wait a minute, how come there's more men in these avenues than women? A lot of men, even if they're, they're not taught directly, but indirectly, don't show how you really feel. And what is it? Happy wife, happy life. I hate that saying. I tell my wife all the time, that's not how it works. And she's on board. She's like, yes. She was like, we work together. If I focus my attentions on helping you um, not be happy because my job is not your happiness. That's not it. But if I focus my attentions on being the best husband I can for you and vice versa, we should get what we want. But a lot of times they put this stuff out here and it's like, okay, well, it's okay for me to drink and drink and drink and I'll go, oh, that's just a man being a man. But you're not understanding. I'm not drinking myself into a stupor because yeah. I'm happy. I'm not I'm not doing this because I'm in a good place. I'm doing it because I don't know what else to do. Um, yeah. If I talk to you, you're not going to understand the pressures that are that is on me as a father, as a man, as a provider. Even if you're not the sole financial provider in your household, <laughs> you're looked at if... if um, God forbid something happened to my wife who you knows who works and something like that. No one's going to look at her and go, well, you know, you're, you have to provide. 
um, they're always going to look at the man and say, you have to figure it out. You have yeah. to provide, you have to do backbreaking work. You have to work 18 hours a day, whatever it takes. They'll never look at a woman and say that if someone comes into the, uh, bump in the night, we had an alarm go off uh, a couple of months ago and I immediately popped up and my wife was like, so impressed. Like I kind of <laughs> wish it happened again. Cause she was so appreciative of how quickly <laughs> I got up. Uh, but I was like, she, like, she just was shocked how, cause I was like, this is just, it's, it's innate in us. We're protectors. No sure. one's going to expect, I would never expect her to get up and go check the alarm and make sure everything is okay. That's us putting our life on the line. Um, when we work um, and we work long hours, some of us have laborious jobs. We're putting our physical health on the line and our mental and emotional health never gets talked about. And when we talk about it amongst each other and we present it to women, a lot of times they still don't get it. And then they'll kind of make it about themselves a bit. Well, they'll say, well, I have all these things going on, too, mm. but you have places to go. You have resources yeah. that are specifically designed to help you. Yeah. Well, we're just starting to get them in a, since maybe 2018. I've seen more of an influx of resources for men, which I think is so amazing. Uh, men's mental health, I think, should I want I, I'm so much an advocate for men's mental health because men and I, I don't want to take anything away from women, but we run the world. We build the infrastructure. Um, we, we build the power grids. We do all these different things. And if we're not right up here, if we're not right in here, then a lot can go wrong. So, yeah, it, it's it's really about progression. Mark, I appreciate what you're doing. Addy, I appreciate you being on this and what you guys are doing because these conversations need to be had more. Yeah, and that that's it. Joe, I once heard something and it was um, someone was saying that nowadays with, with man and woman, it is it's a case of your success is their success. And their 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 emotions are your emotions. It is a it's a team. It's a part like you said, Justice. It's a team. It's a partnership. It's not, you know. Oh, I'm doing all this. I'm doing great. Like I'm I'm left alone. Right. You have to work together at it. So when you are feeling down, the the one person that should be by your side to pull you through is your partner. And yes. you know if if you don't have a partner, it should be friends and family. They have to realize. Um, and as men, you have to open up that vulnerability. You have to show, okay, I'm not okay here. Because we, we talk about it, don't we, Marco? We're, we're very good at saying, like, if, you, if we were to see each other, look, our normal conversations, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm okay. And that's it. That's all you leave. But sometimes right. what would happen if you went, actually, I'm not good. I'm not I've okay. I've Have you? I've done it. What was the experiment. Yep. And the response is always very awkward. It's always like, you know, because we're so we're so much creatures of habit. So I get on. I was like, hey, how you doing earlier when we first introduced ourselves? Right. It happened when you said uh, you made a statement and I repeated my name. Um, It was kind of like you had said, uh, hi. I think we kind of went through the initial pleasantries. Hi, how are you? And I repeated my name. But that's not what you were asking, because I'm so inclined to hear a statement. Mm -hmm. And that statement usually is preceded by my name. So we're so inclined to just react because our brain is already thinking further ahead that when people go, well, how are you? You're like, I'm good. I'm okay. I'm fine. There's a mm -hmm. difference between being fine and being great. When you're in a good mood, when you're great, you you it exudes off of you. Being okay just means I'm breathing. I'm alive. I'm <laughs> present. It doesn't mean that I'm thriving. It doesn't mean that I'm doing well. It just means that I'm talking to you. Yeah. Um, so I've gone shopping before. And people are like, hey, how are you doing today? I'm <laughs> like, you know, I used to say, yeah. I've been better. I've been worse. But now I'll go every now and then. I'll be like, I'm doing terrible. And people just kind of, their eyes kind of get big. Like, 
Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and, and sometimes people, I've encouraged people to say, I'm like, how are you really doing today? And I've had people at, um, I'm sitting outside a mall right now. I've had people at like um, a, in a mall and they're telling me their life story um, while I'm shopping. Because I asked them the same question. I said, well, how are you actually doing? And they break down. I've had people that I don't know break down to me because I, I really legitimately said, really, how do you feel? People who just lost parents, they've lost, they're getting ready to lose their job, their home or whatever. Yeah. And it's so powerful when people really take the time to ask you how you really feel. Not like, yeah. you know, how are you today? I try to tell my wife and my daughter that too. So when I ask them, I don't want I don't want that. My wife's like, how's your day today? How was your day at work? I'm like, I don't like talking about work. So she's learned to ask me, how are you today? Like, how are you feeling today? Like, are you feeling okay today? And my daughter does the same thing. So it gives me the ability to say, you know what? These are the struggles I've had. And they do the same thing. So there's a lot of emotion in our house. And <laughs> the burden still falls on me because if I say one wrong thing, I have two women that I'm fighting with. <laughs> but, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but it's good that you know we all understand like we have the right to feel, we have the right to emotion, um, and that it's okay. Um, we just have to make sure that we're not putting, we're not taking it out on other people. We have to make sure that we're being very clear about how we feel. Um, yeah. if I'm upset with life, I'm not upset with you, my daughter. I'm not upset with my wife. I'm not upset with Mark. I'm not upset with Addie. I'm just upset because maybe there's a circumstance. Um, and I'm going to get through it. But I just want you to know, like, hey, if I'm not as loving or as attentive, it's because right now daddy's having a struggle. We're going to be OK. It's going to be fine. But I, I need to focus right now on this thing so that everything else is OK. Yeah. And that, like you said, it's interesting when you you just say that when you and you were in the mall, you know, sometimes people will open up to you and break down and, and share their, their life story. Sometimes that's all all we need yes. is that avenue someone to listen yeah exactly and that's all we're begging for sometimes like we just need that subconscious thing we need that somebody to actually genuinely be interested and has that listening ear because the what is it is that problem problem shared is a problem halved or something yeah so, so when you get that opportunity to to vent and to be upset sometimes afterwards you just go oh, wow like i feel so much better Historically, I didn't like to vent. So this is another men. We're logical, um, and we kind of like we're solution based. We want there's a problem with a solution. Women will talk to a problem, talk to a problem, talk to a problem. And a lot of times, you know, if our wife, significant other comes and they say something to us, we want to solve it because we want to move on to the next thing. I learned to vent a couple of years ago and didn't even realize. I would tell people, I don't want to vent. I don't want to talk about what's wrong with me. I just want a solution. So when I talked, I wanted a solution. I've learned. We typically know the solution, so we just need to talk through it. Um, and we need to a lot of times talk through it with somebody who is like minded. Your significant other, your wife, is never going to understand you the way that you don't understand them and her. And there's a respect that, hey, honey, um, I know you may be going through some things, I can't understand what you're going through as a mom, as a woman. I can't understand that. Is there anything I can do for you? Is there anything you need from me? Um, and that needs to happen on both sides because. Once you start doing that, men will start asking for more because men, we're just like, we're just going to do it. We'll accept whatever we can get. We have to take care of everybody else. And that's, that's good enough. But once you start asking for more or letting people know, Hey, I want more uh, father's day, tie, watch socks. 
and you do the barbecuing. Mother's Day, <laughs> God knows, they all these things. They're like, wait a minute, I want a little bit more than that. I want a little yeah. bit more appreciation. I would like some thought. Um, mm. You know the things that I enjoy. And then you see what they do, and it's like you really do have an understanding. And as men, we can, we'll run through a brick wall when we see that. When we get yeah. that respect and that love, as we will, we will feel like we can take on the world. Um, and I tell my wife that all the time. I said, the difference, I said, when I walk out the door, the world's looking to whoop my behind every day. <laughs> I said, when I walk in, the arrows and the shards of glass that's in my back, that's to protect you guys. Yeah. And, and you not, you never see that. I never turn so you can see it. But if I let you get a glimpse, you would be devastated to how much, because the world's always going to attack us. But when you give me that love and that fills my cup and that respect, then I can go out and I can face that every day. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. And it's so true what you said about problems, men as problem solvers. I interviewed a guy, <clears throat> um, I think it was a sixth podcast I did, and he, um, they were having money problems. And he, him and his wife were arguing about it all the time, you know, as you do. And he's like, he was like, one night, he'd had a couple of drinks, and he was like, right, we've got money problems. Um, I've got life insurance. I'll just kill myself. Family problem solved. So he tried to commit suicide, um, ended up in a coma for two weeks, it was. But that was his thought process. It was like, here's a problem. There's a solution. Boom, I'll do it. Literally no mental health struggles before. He was fine. It's crazy, isn't it? It's crazy how we can just come to that. We have two separate life insurance policies. And I'm I'm not going to say I thought on that level to actually do it. But I actually have. And I think this is something a man would think as opposed to a woman. I thought, okay, worst case scenario, if something happens to me because of the, the, the policy, they'll be taken care of. I'm th- there, was a, there was a time when we first got it, I said, you know what, I think they'd be better off without me. If they just had the money and they, I, I really thought that. Um, and then I had to really understand what I provide for them day to day that outweighs the finances, that outweighs so much. Um, but as men, we will... It is very burdensome. It's very burdensome to think about that. Um, my wife, she wants to, you know, she wants to, we, we're going to probably try to have a baby in November. And the biggest thing for me is our lack of support system. And a lot of that is financial because, you know, over in the States, I'm not sure, daycare is expensive. Nursery is expensive. Schedule, yeah. um, all type, the pandemic that's just had, there's so many different changes. So in my mind, I'm very practical. I'm like, it's not that I don't want to do this. It's that there's more pressure on me. And as a, you're going to become a mom, a new mom, and I'm going to get less. And I've had people tell me I'm being selfish, but I'm like, no, as my wife, my, your, your number one priority. Now I'm not sure if you guys are religious, but your number one priority, cause we're, you know, we're Christians. Yeah. Your number one priority is me. That's in the book. So yeah. when we have a kid, the kid's going to have needs and I understand that, but I'm going to get less. So you're signing up already to get less. And it's a conversation, but it's like, yo, I I need you to still be a good wife. You might not be a great wife all the time. You you need to be at least a good wife and a, and a good mother. But if you're a fantastic mother and you're a horrible wife, where does that leave me? Yeah. yeah. Nice. No, and true. a lot of people don't think that. They'll just say, oh, my husband's fearing for herself, uh, fending for herself. I've heard that. And it, it's disgusting. It's like my husband, oh, don't, I'm not worrying about him. Like, oh, I'll feed the kids, I'll feed myself. My husband's fending for himself. I don't care about my husband. He doesn't need anything. Forget mm. him. And it's like, well, why are you with this man? If yeah. that's how you really feel about him, like, I'm pretty sure he needs something. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Like you're saying about the what 
you know, you go through your mindset and you go, okay, what are you thinking? What, what you give your family, your children, that actually money won't won't suffice. It won't buy. So not so long ago, I had my little boy and Joe, I felt guilty because I hadn't seen him for a couple of days. So I brought him low, low like silly amounts of toys. It was, it was stupid. And uh, he was sat there opening these toys and playing around. But the, the one thing he actually wanted was me. He wanted me to sit and spend time with him. So I sat down with his toys that he just got, wasn't interested in them. He was just wanted to play fight with me, wanted to then go out and play football or soccer for you guys. <laughs> but he just wanted to go and do that. And that opened my eyes to think, well, hang on, I don't need to, you know, essentially waste all this money on sort of buying his emotion and buying his like attention when actually all he wants is me. So yeah. if I was to say to him in the morning, right, come on, we're going to go for a walk. That's the world to him, me and him and spending time together. And I think that more, more guys need to realize, especially single dads, that when you get the opportunity to spend time with your children, it's time. They want your time. They don't want you to just be there in the moment, you know, they're off playing and you're just sat on your phone, on your tablet, whatever. It's your time they want. So men need to take it up. They need to take they need to think about that. Because we've had guys on Mark, haven't we, that you know, they, they don't know what to do. So they sort of overcompensate and they go, right, I'm gonna take them to a park and then I'm gonna take them to the zoo and this, 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 this. That that's that's not what they want. That's not what they need. They, they might have some memories of that, but they'll have more memories of you playing with them and you prattling around and being silly and baking. I made pizzas with my son not so long ago. Worst decision. Worst decision. <laughs> because I'm still finding bits of it all over the place. I'm thinking, how did that get up there? Like, <laughs> Where was I? <laughs> but he loves it and he still talks about it. And that was probably, in fact, that was, that was before Christmas. So, you know, we're talking six, seven months ago. And he still remembers and talks about that. He doesn't remember the gift I brought no. him to. Yes. I was going to say that. They never remember the toys. Um, <laughs> it's like my daughter never. One of the things we have, there's two traditions. There's a there's a safari zoo um, close to where we live. That's a yearly summer tradition. We haven't gone yet, but we will. And also daddy-daughter dances. And... They didn't have one because of the pandemic. So I'm still looking. And she'll ask every other month. She's like, Dad, have you seen anything about a daddy-daughter dance? Because since she's been one years old, she gets to dress in a gown. And she, yeah. I get her a corsage. And yeah. we go and we have we have uh, dinner and we dance. And all it is is dads and daughters. And it is such an amazing sight to see these dads with one, two, three, four, five girls. And those memories that are presented. We have pictures from each year. And she's like, Dad, how old will I be when we can no longer do this? I said, sweetheart, that'll never happen. I said, as long as I'm around, we'll always make sure we I said, if it's just me and you and I got to run out of conference, a conference <laughs> hall and just throw on some music, then we'll still have a daddy daughter dance. Um, but it's those memories uh, to the point that it matters equally as much to me to find a daddy. Even if it's not the one that we typically go to, I'm like that we've gone to two or three in a year. So it's become an expectation like, Daddy, we yeah. haven't gone. You know, I like to, she likes to get dressed up and feel beautiful and get her hair straightened and all those types of things. And um, there's days I'm really hard. I'm really harsh. And she'll come right back five minutes later and want to lay on me and 
and, and, it, and it shows me because I'm always emotionally present. I'm not the dad who yells, screams, walks out the door. You don't see me. And then I come back, yell, scream, and that's the cycle. I'm the dad that's going to talk through things with you, let you know how I feel, ask you how you feel. We all process it. And then we and then we move on from those things. And it's all a learning, teaching experience. So it's not always easy. But in the long run, I can say I'm truly blessed. It wasn't something I was taught. Um, I yeah. grew up in foster care, so I, I, I didn't I wasn't taught these things. But at eight years old, I made the decision I was going to be a great father. I made the decision I was going to be a great husband. And honestly, I put that ahead of career. I put that ahead of friendships. I put that ahead of partying. I said everything was geared towards being a proper family man um, to the point where now I'm like, OK, I kind of wish I had. <laughs> I kind of wish I had. So now some career things are coming up and I'm like, OK, I'm, I'm moving a little slower, um, but I moved fast in the beginning. So I was like, it's it, it's fine. But I said I spent my almost entire life focused on being what I never had. And that's mm -hmm. of the utmost importance to me. Um, and I know some people, they just kind of go, they're, they're grow into it. If you have two parents, you kind of see what your dad does. You might say, all right, my dad's a bit of a jerk. I don't want to be that way. Or you might say, my dad went to work. He put his head down as a lunch pail guy and he took care of his family. And you go, hey, when I have a family, that's okay. Um, yeah. But then, you know, we're like, you know what? That's, it's okay to do that. But and we're going to have families. We want to maximize what we're getting from them and what they're what they're getting from us. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. I couldn't agree. I couldn't agree more. It's, uh, but you know, it's so important to get to get all of that. But to, like you say, together, and we touched on it before. You know, <clears throat> you just have to look at the statistics of when. Uh, of a child's progression and development as an adult in a separated family compared to as a family together, you know, it's the, the, the statistics are there, you know, yeah. children, um, they grow up to have a more prosperous, better life with a mother and a father around but we talk about this a lot it's not like and you've, you've touched on it as well just this is not just being a, around you know dads lots of dads are there but it's about being present and being involved and making those memories like the father daughter dance um with your kids so that you can grow up and you can have those memories uh, you i think you mentioned because we we normally ask what was your relationship like with your father growing up and i think you mentioned that you're in foster care um so when did you not when did when did your when did you was that from like from five so i went into foster care at five years old okay um and so it, it was kind of funny um i never really had any positive role models not really consistently and i never looked up to anyone it so i i am an anomaly in some ways because but i always knew that i believe in a golden rule um and there's certain things that i like that i that I, i'm very emotional when it comes to like when i care about you i care about you so i treat you well um, I want the best for you. I want to, I'll do whatever I can to help you. Um, so that translates to every area of my life. So at eight years old, you know, my mom had abandoned me. I never met my dad. I didn't know my dad's name until years later when I went to apply for my birth certificate. And I was like, who is this guy? <laughs> because the guy who had been with me up until five years old was my sister's father. And she okay. told me at five, he's not your dad. I'm like, I'm five years old. That's my dad. I don't, you know, I didn't know any better. He passed away maybe a year after foster care and the guy who was present in the home, he passed away a month before that. 
So by the time I was six, the, the most prominent male figures in my life had passed away before I even understood their potential role in my life. So by the time I hit eight, I just kind of said, how can my mom abandon me and I have no male presence around? I don't know what it was. It was just like, I don't want to be that way. Yeah, I just want to be better. And literally, I would watch men. I would study people. And I would say, why do you treat your wife that way? Why do you why do you treat your children that way? Why, yeah. why don't you let them feel emotion? Like kids have emotions like us. Like, I don't want anybody to stifle me and tell me not to be upset. I remember getting, you know, whooped or beat when I was a kid. And they're like, you keep crying. I'll give you something to cry about. It's like, I'm already crying. <laughs> so <laughs> as, a, as an adult, I kind of, I, I translate that to my daughter. And I'm just like, well, if you're upset, you have the right to be upset, but be respectful. If you're upset and you go in your room and you're pouting, there was, it took me a while to really understand, but I was like, hey, she's a small human. It yeah. doesn't mean that she's not, able to have emotions she just needs yeah. to have respect about it and a lot of times we just you know i've been around people that just act like kids aren't supposed to feel they yeah. get upset and they slam i used to punch walls even as an adult so if a kid slams a door hit something we want to get upset with them when we have a lot of the same reactions yeah. to certain things well, so just, it's like i paid enough attention to how i felt in a situation where people tried to tell me not to feel that way and so I just kind of learned I don't want to be that way. So what I be what I've become is pretty much me saying I don't want to be like that. Yeah, do you know it's it's funny because I'm, I'm going through this with my little boy at the moment. So uh, you know he, he say he's going through this thing where he's all the time he's like what you like Leo can you do this what what and I'm like it's pardon excuse me pardon and then I realised. I say it to him all the time. Carly says it to him all the time. And I was like, because then Carly was like, we were in the car earlier. Really. Carly went, he went, what? And I went, she was like, it's part. I went, Carly, you just said to him, what? <laughs> so it's so. It's Lead by example. Yeah. Lead by example. I, I will, t I will t if my daughter talks to me and she's like, and if I say, what? Uh huh. I will immediately say, sorry, yes. Because mm -hmm. my expectation of her is you respond to me, yes. Yeah. And if I'm, if I'm telling you something like clean your room and I'm like, you, you need to let me know you understood. Say yes. Yes, dad. Yes, dad. Yeah. And so she understands that. But I also make sure if I'm, if she's like daddy and I'm like, what? I'm like, I'm sorry, sweetie. Yes. I yeah. make sure that I'm the example yeah. first because we don't think about that all the time. Like I'll no. say, yes, sir. Um, I did yeah. a little bit of time in the military. Um, so in my head, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. is just an easy way for me to show respect. And people, you know, they're always like, why are you calling me, sir? Why are you calling me, ma'am? It's instinctive for me. It's a way that I want to, I want to show respect, um, to, to address you in a respectful manner. I could say, Hey, Marco, but at the same time, you know, this is your platform. So if I'm like, you know, yes, sir, I'm not saying it as though you're an authoritative figure in my life. I'm saying it in a respectful manner. Like, yes, sir. Like I understand because yeah. that's my, that's how I, um, well, once I want to respond to me and, and kind, um, you know, d depending on the situation. Yeah. It's, it's amazing how much, <clears throat> so children yeah. and, and I guess adults as well, because we look for the same, but especially kids, you have to understand that it sounds really bad, but you are molding that little person, you know, you're shaping them as an adult. Like, so what they see so I have it with my boy Marco. I'm sure you have it with um, with Nardo and Justice with your your daughter. Is how you act and how you respond to things. They mirror, and they will go, okay, that's normal. And I have it with my boy. You know, I've um, I've said this before. So every morning I was in the military, and I'm so used to discipline and routine. And so I get up, I make my bed, first yes. task complete of the day, tick done. 
my my little boy, he now when he wakes up, he makes his bed. He's four years old. That's awesome. And then he calls me in to have a look. So I'm almost like inspecting. <laughs> <laughs> and the first time I did it, I was like, actually, that's really bad. So I was like, no, Dexter, like do it again. Like that needs changing. Every every time now, he's, he's perfect, and he folds it back halfway, and it's really good. But it, it's the bigger picture. He sees me do that, so he's copying that. Yeah, and it's the it's the little things, isn't it? So how we talk to them, how we respond, they will copy that. And you have to be so aware of your surroundings. Yeah. and what what are they picking up? Because kids are sponges; they pick up everything. Mm. They pretend like they don't understand, but oh yeah, they yeah. are. They are so intelligent. Yeah. yeah. You know, they sit there with a finger up their nose. Like you think <laughs> it's funny that you say kids are sponges. Um, because there are certain times where I'll have to I'll, I don't apologize for much. And there's a reason. I don't believe in apologies because I feel like if you did something wrong and you continue to do it, then you're not actively changing. To me, the best way you can apologize is to not do the thing again. Not if, if it's a mistake, it's a mistake. But if you're actively the bed making thing is so funny. I explained to my daughter, the first success you have of the day is making your bed. So I told her, your room should be clean every morning before you go to school, before you go to camp. She she actually, you know, she does. She doesn't does it. She has a huge bed. So it's not so much her fault. She can't do it perfectly. <laughs> um, but, you know, it, she she attempts to do it. And um, I, she also sees me do it. And there's times when I watch her do things I never told her to do. But she just starts picking up the habit. But when I tell her to do something, she's a little more reluctant. And I pay mm -hmm. attention to the fact that I'm like, she'll go to, she's gotten awards. So she was the um, one of the youth of the year for this program. And she has trophies and medals. She's already outdone me in my life. <laughs> and I'm like, out in the community, you're excellent. You're like a pillar in the community. But at home, it's like, it's like, why? And she's like, I'm, when I'm at home, I'm comfortable. She says, mm -hmm. but when I'm outside, I'm your kid. And I thought that was so amazing because she's like, I am you, dad. And yeah. it's like, when she goes out, that's kind of how she presents. She's always the lead. She's in a leadership role. She's always the one that's, that's you know, taking care of the younger kids. And, you know, um, I work with special needs um, individuals. She uh, she has already taken a, a, you know, if there's a kid who's getting picked on and stuff, she'll take them under her wing. And, uh, you know, she knows stuff about not putting so much emphasis on, you know, name brand clothing and things. It's like we can afford things, but we want to make sure that we understand everybody can't. And we want to mm -hmm. put our minds to the right thing. It's like you can have that. But how about we get two or three of these and you still look good? And she understands that and translates that. And she helps other kids are like, it doesn't matter that, you know, your shoes are not these. You still look nice. And she'll say that to a kid and they feel better because somebody mm. just made them feel bad because there's shoes that cost two hundred dollars. And she's like, well, I'd rather spend twenty dollars on a pair of shoes that look nice. I'm going to get them messed up anyway. Yeah. And she talks mm. to other kids about this. And she's like, well, I know you don't have a dad, but. You know, you could talk to my dad and I'll have some of her friends. They'll walk up to me and they'll they'll talk to me about stuff because she's like, my dad's like the community dad. And, and I kind of enjoy being able to be that for kids because I know how important it is. A lot of these kids don't have dads um, around at all or they have, you know, not maybe not positive male influences. So it goes even deeper than your own children. So you always want to be exemplary because your children not only pick it up. There's other people who watch you too, and they might say, I had a young man, he liked my outfit 
from today or yesterday. I'm a little weathered now. And he's like, I like your outfit. He's like, I like your shirt. I like your pants. I like your shoes. And I have on like Chelsea boots. And I was like, I was like, thank you. He's like, when I grow up, I want to look like this. And I was like, that's awesome. I said, that's awesome. I said, a nice little button up, some slacks, and then some little boots or like little shoes and something like that. Because he, you know, he, he was dressed comfortably. But just yeah. because he saw that, he's like, when I grow up, I want to look like a man. I want to look neat. Like I can be comfortable, but I want to be neat. I want to be presentable to the world. And I, I, those things warm my heart and it, and it continues to give me enthusiasm about, you know, there are kids who still, they have a classic mindset and we just have to keep, you know, doing what we're doing and supporting each other. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Justice, I'm, I'm conscious of the time. I know you've got an appointment uh, literally in five, in five minutes. I just like to just, just quickly, um, just on your channel, what was the, the driving force behind you starting that and what's the aim aim with it um the driving force was because like like you said earlier we were married twice and the first time we both had expectations that weren't met my wife thought she could just get married and just be married that was it there was no more work um i knew that there was work to be done but like i didn't have an example of being a husband so Mm. i thought my wife was going to fix some of the voids that i had in me um and she wasn't aware that she had anything to do with that so when uh, initially I was supposed to do something like this with my friends that kept falling through and I talked to her and said, babe, would you like to do a podcast with me? She's not very excitable a lot about a lot of things. She was so excited and exuberant and we got to the point where it's therapeutic for us now. Before we yeah. do it, we're trying to have a discussion and sometimes we fight. Sometimes we don't do it. Um, sometimes we, 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 we see better and it's really authentic because we've exposed ourselves and we've had people say, you guys are really transparent. We can never do that. Like, and so we understand there are people who would like to be more, or they might be going through things. And we're just like, if we can help one couple, then, and if that person, if we can just play it forward. So it's like, you know, as we continue to grow and as we continue to do things, we like doing, I love being on this show and kind of having a conversation because there's certain things, things I can gauge from this. And then I can mention this like, Hey, you know, you know, who cares about dads? Because I speak about this a lot now on our show about men's mental health, about being a father, about why things are what they are. And it's like there's a community that's within each community where we all can get something. This is a resource. Yeah. Um, there's yeah. a lot of men who I'm going to tell about this. And they're going to be like, oh, this is cool. Just as a place where you kind of feel safe. Like where yeah. you can kind of say like, hey, some days I don't like my, like I don't, some days I don't really, I'm not a fan of my wife or my child. Like I love them. I'll take care of them. But some days <laughs> they're not my favorite people. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and it's like, and you, and you can say, yeah, I feel that way too. And then we can go back and we look yeah. at our family and we understand we love them dearly. Um, but we got the vent to other men who <laughs> feel like, hey, yeah. Yeah. some days we just need to get away, but we want to do it in a better way. We want to be positive. Yeah. Um, we don't want to run away to vices, alcohol. We don't want to run run away to you know, you know the clickety clack, the laptops and things like. We don't want to run away to um negativity. We want to have positive resources um like this show. Yeah, no, appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Look, we're gonna let you go, Justice, but we'd love to have you on again at some point whenever you uh if you'd be free again. Oh, awesome. awesome, awesome. Um, I can I can shoot you an email. You can let me know what dates work for both of you guys. I would love to get back on and just make sure I'm more stabilized. I'm sorry, <laughs> I, get some, I get some feelings in my teeth. I was so upset. <laughs> I, was so, I was so hoping that wasn't today. I'm not looking forward to it, but I definitely wanted to get on. I'm so glad I got to talk to you guys. It was great. No, thank you. Thank yeah. you for your time. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. Yeah.
Appreciate you. Well, you guys soon. Hey, you guys stay blessed until then. Keep doing what you're doing. You're amazing fathers. Thank you. <laughs> Cheers, Thank you. Thanks, Justice. Thanks, Justice. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.